Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love. And I know that you will, too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so this morning, we're joined by Brother Mann. Brother Mann, I'm excited to have you on today. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. Well, let's dig in then and uh, with question number one and go ahead and tell us about you and your family and your field. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Greg Mann and I'm married to Wendy. We've been married a little over 25 years. Um, we have three adult children that are serving all over the world. Uh, so we've had a ministry in Guyana, South America since 1999. Uh, we focus primarily on discipleship church planning and mobilizing young people into missions. Awesome. I, I like the threefold aspect of it. And uh, I think that's really important to, especially I like the last part, mobilizing the young people into missions. So absolutely. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, well then question two for you. Um, what is one of the best aspects about being in missions? Um, I just love do, being part of what God's doing. You know, I think about, uh, Quite often, I think about the scene in Revelation that describes worship from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. And I think being a missionary, you get to be part of just gathering those worshipers from all over. And to me, that's thrilling. It's exciting to be part of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sometimes, I'm sure you've had the uh, somewhat similar experience. Um, We'll be sitting in church, and I'll be listening to the people sing, you know, in Chukis or something. And I just... I can't help but think about what that will be like in the future with a choir of, of yeah. thousands and thousands of languages. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the number three, what would be one of the more difficult or challenging aspects of missions for you? You know, we, we live in a very remote area. In fact, many of our villages have no roads. They don't have electricity. They don't have any modern conveniences. But the truth is, I, I love everything about what we do, even the frustrating stuff. But I think the hardest and most challenging thing actually is the churches back home and trying to get them to, to mobilize and to pray the way they should. I, I just think that's such a rare thing today uh, to, get, to see churches that really get it, that want to get more on the field and know effectively. Like Jesus said, to pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, you know, the right kind of praying puts people out on the field where they should be. Well, let me kind of ask you this, and we'll deviate for just a quick moment. Um, from being a missions pastor and having that burden to see churches know how to better pray, what would your advice be to the folks back home listening? Um, what would you say for that? Like, how, how could we fix some of that or, or improve? Yeah, I, I think it's more or less being aware of it. I, I, you know, I've been in a lot of churches over the years, you know, hundreds of churches actually all over. And, you know, typically, and, I'm, and I know it's going to sound critical, I don't mean it to be this way, but you go into a, like a Sunday school class or something, and people are praying for health and jobs. And I get all that, and God's interested in those things, but it's incredibly rare to hear people gathered together to actually pray for a people group or a nation or an area. Um, and Jesus actually taught us, you know, to, as I just quoted that scripture, you know, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. The problem is not a financial problem. It's a labor problem. And then he, the solution simple. He said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest. And so I think 
a lot of people are just not aware how simple it really is. It's just, uh, I think there's a lot of resources online that you can get that can help you to learn about people groups and where they are and how to pray for them and, you know, maybe get a people group of the week or something, just something to latch on to become aware of it and start praying. Yes. And so do you have any, um, and then we can, we'll tag these at the end and I'll put them in the um, description box, but any kind of favorite go-to uh, websites or anything like that? Yeah, I think the joshuaproject.net is outstanding. Um, I don't think it's 100% accurate. You know, there's probably some things, but but it is, it's a very good guide though. It kind of gives you a concept of people groups and where they are. Um, and I think it's a great starting point. And I think also it just is a healthy thing to get into the Word of God itself and this study about prayer. Um, and uh, I've been kind of refreshing even in my own studies of prayer recently and excited about you know, the promises of God. And if we just call out to him and, and how he promises, you know, to give. And I think, you know, we would reach the entire world if we'd learn how to pray. I honestly believe that. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, um, and then one other resource I'll just kind of throw in there and that way I can remember to tag it later too. Prayercast.com or .net. I'll let it know. I'll let you guys know for sure at the end, but um, that's an, also an amazing resource because it has a video for pretty much every country in the world. And then in that video, a national, usually a national of that country is praying as you're watching it. It's super powerful. Yeah. And then it gives you prayer requests for that country. So the, um, uh, so the another website just came to my mind too, is the, the traveling team. I think it's .org, the traveling team. It's really good. Okay. Um, it's by Todd Aaron and his group, and they they have a real passion to mobilize young people onto the mission field, and they've done a phenomenal job. There's articles about people groups, about history of missions, about mm. a lot of things dealing with missions. Really good stuff. Okay, awesome. I look forward. I'll put all those in the description yeah. box, and then uh, I love being able to have the tangents on the podcast just because it is helpful. We want to be a blessing to the people back home, yeah. and. Uh, and uh, yeah, I appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. All right, then with question four, um, what, who are some missionaries that you would say need to be on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of missionaries, you know, having been a mission pastor, uh, but some of the ones that just kind of came to my mind quickly, J.J. Uh, uh, Alderman, he's in Togo, West Africa, uh, doing a phenomenal job there. Uh, he he grew up actually in Togo. His, his father and mother are still there, been there over 30 years, Randy and Jeanette. Uh, there's, there's some good people right there. Uh, Mark Patton and his family, and they are in Hungary. And I think uh, they are doing a phenomenal job in European. Sometimes we think Europe is kind of dead and frozen, but I'll tell you, Mark is uh, doing a great job there. Uh, and one other one that comes to my mind is a, a couple in North Africa. I don't want to give away their names, but uh, J and H will say, and they, uh, I think, have acclimated to the culture and to the Islamic people and so on, probably as good as anybody. Those are some ones that come to my mind right away. Great. Well, I look forward to reaching out and getting in contact with them. So thank yeah. you for those names. Sure. All right, question five, kind of the big one everybody's waiting for is go ahead and take three to five minutes and just tell us a story about missions that you love. Yeah, so one of the people groups that we uh, came across in the, in the interior in Guyana, in a very remote area, are the Carib people. 
Uh, throughout the Caribbean area, the Carib people are largely reached, but our Caribs have been isolated because of where they've lived. And actually their language is now significantly different than other Caribs. So they essentially are an unreached people group. Um, and so anyway, we would go up there into their village and week after week after week, and just, it was kind of a frustrating process because you're trying to engage a people that uh, we learned that as an example, they don't have a word in their language for God. Uh, they don't have a word in their language for love. And, and so try to, example, I always say, try to, try to quote John 3.16, without God and without love. And, and so we're just praying, God, you know, show us a way uh, to, to, to show these people who you are. And uh, I remember one, one day, just I kind of woke up with this idea to take an actual globe uh, my kids had in their homeschool room. And I took the globe to that village and I plopped it down on a table in the middle of everything. And it was funny to watch as the people gathered around, they'd never seen a globe before. Um, they knew what maps were. I don't know if they'd ever seen a map, but they knew what a map was. Uh, but they gathered around this globe and I, and I pointed to them on the globe where I was born in the western part of the United States. And I went all the way down to where uh, they, they are. And of course, they don't have a concept of even their own country. They've never, most of them have never been more than about five miles from their village. But I showed them on the map where their village really was. Uh, and, and I said, you know, your, your village is not even named on this map. Uh, and, they, and I said, how, I said, how did I find you? And they, I could tell they began to talk among themselves and they were like just throwing ideas around and they're trying to figure it out. And they, and they looked at me just puzzled. And I said, you know, I've been trying to teach you about a God who loves and is so powerful and so big. I said, I'll tell you how big God is and how loving God is. God is big enough to know exactly where I am. And I pointed where I was from on the map and to know where you are. And he cares so much about you that he took my heart and moved me and my family down here to a place that no one in the world even knows where it's at, but God knows where it's at because God loves you and cares about you. And I'll tell you what, the lights, of course, this is after probably about a, a year or so of ministry, but the lights began to come on. I could see it. And it was so exciting to see that begin to happen. And, and they, they began to embrace the idea of a creator God that was bigger than anything that they could see. That's phenomenal. That's yeah. that's awesome. And so, yeah. praise the Lord. I'm excited to hear about. It is. It's amazing to see. I can't imagine growing up without having a word for God or love. Like I yeah. can't, can't even fathom that. But how awesome that God can take anything, even a, a globe, and use that to show His love. So I appreciate yeah. that story. Thank you. Sure. So. Yeah. As we wrap up with question six. Um, do you have any language or cultural blunders that you are willing to share with the whole internet world? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, there's plenty. I could probably write a book on that. Um, the, interesting, the interesting thing about the majority of our ministry is actually in English because Guyana is a former British colony. Um, so I, I can't necessarily give you a lot of language uh, blunders, but certainly culturally though. Um, in fact, when we first arrived in, in, uh, in, on the field, um, I'd only been there just a couple weeks. I'd gone to work with another missionary, and uh, uh, they, they had to leave quickly. And so here, my wife and my three small boys at that time, they, we were just left alone. And um, uh, the day after these other missionaries left, uh, there was a young woman that her baby died. Um, and the sister came to me and just begged me to come and, and 
do a service for this child and for the family and everything. Well, you know, I had been a pastor in the States. And so, you know, I know how to do a funeral. Um, so I thought, so anyway, we made all the arrangements. I had somebody build a little tiny coffin. It was so sad and everything. And, and of course, this is very early in our ministry. And, and so I was, you know, just trying to comfort them and as the way I would know how to comfort people. So we finally, uh, in fact, you have to bury quickly there because of the heat and there's no embalming and all that. So, so anyway, we had to get everything together quickly. And uh, so everyone was gathered and there was the little coffin and there was the sister and there was the family, uh, but the mother was not there. So I stood there and waited and waited and time kept passing and kept passing. And I was getting a little frustrated. And so I went to the family and I said, I said, I don't know what's going on here, but we need the mother to show up. And they just looked, in fact, I remember them gasping, like, and I thought, oh no, what did I just do? Well, <laughs> what happened was I found out that they had a superstition that if the mother would show up at the funeral of a baby, that her next child that she would have would die at birth. And so I deeply offended them and just shocked them. And I'm, I, I thought, oh my, and, you know, I just realized, you know, I just had this huge blunder. But thank God they're a loving people. They're a forgiving people. And uh, they, they got past that with me. <laughs> well, I'm, gl I'm glad to hear that. Uh, hopefully, Lord willing, it's smoothed over later on. So yeah, exactly. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Pastor Man, it's been such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you for being here. Um, if people want to continue with your story, then um, how can they best do that? Uh, yeah, so we have uh, a website. It's Grace Ministries, plural, graceministriesgy.org. Uh, there's a website there that kind of gives a lot of pictures of the different aspects of our ministry. Um, or you can actually uh, email us and get on our mailing list as well, which is uh, graceministriesgy at gmail.com. Um, and uh, so if you just email us and say, hey, I, I met you uh, online and uh, we want to be, you know, want to listen in on what you guys are doing. So and I send out updates periodically and we'd be happy to communicate with you that way, too. Awesome. We'll have all that in the description box below and uh, that way we can keep up to date with your story. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, again, thanks for being with us today and sharing your stories. We had a blast and we're encouraged. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. For everybody listening in, this has been Josh Wagar with Pastor Mann in Guyana, South America, and you've been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast.